Hey guys, how you doing? This is JP Saricolia coming to you once again with another episode of Age of Heroes, my podcast. If I'm not mistaken, this is episode 97. So we're getting closer to the, uh, no, 98, If I, you know, now that I'm thinking about it. So we're getting closer to our episode number 100. So we'll do something special when the time comes. But now, of course, as we're getting closer to the weekend and um, preparing for it, uh, I want to really, today, I want to... Uh, to have fun, you know, to have really fun with this, you know, we every every day, uh, every time I have this podcast, there's some discussions and conversations. Some are, are uh, thought provoking, some are deep, um, a bit philosophical because that's pretty much it. But sometimes I just want to have fun, and I, I want to have fun today, and I want to talk about some things. I was I, I was actually recently, I was in on a pretty much where I was having a conversation in Facebook, a Facebook group with some some guys, some friends. Uh, you know, people there, they were having a conversation about the best stories. And there were, uh, you know, there was a, in a conversation, um, there was a, a talk about some storyline. I'm not going to mention it here, which I consider, you know, some people say, well, this is one of the best, you know, stories of this character, you know, ever written. The best comic book story ever written. And I totally disagree. You know, I don't think it's the best comic book story ever written. So a friend of mine, which I, um, um, uh, I care, you know, and I pretty much I appreciate a lot, a good friend of mine over for now many years, uh, um, a friend that I've never met personally, but I've, you know, I've talked to him several times online uh, and through the forums, through here in YouTube and also through Facebook. We are good friends. Uh, Gary Tong, that's his name. Well, that's his avatar name. Uh, but Gary is a very um, well, you know, well respected. He's also uh, a reviewer in Statue Forum, uh, and he is um, uh, a good friend. You know, he has a channel here. I will have a link for his channel so you can actually follow him. He has normally he doesn't speak in the in the you know, but he has videos of his uh, collection, his statue collection, which is very beautiful. It's a beautiful collection. He has a lot of you know very different pieces from different franchises. He collects a lot of different things, kind of like me. Uh, but we're good friends. He's also a Canadian, and uh, he has. He said, uh, I would say he's administrator of the uh, collector group in Canada. Um, um, a nice group. There's a lot of nice people there. Uh, good friends too, uh, and also an omnibus um, collectors group in Canada. And uh, he helps a lot of people in Canada. You know, trying to get their books they need. So he is very respected, well known in the community. In such a community, um, he's a good friend also. Um, uh, Chris Bales, who is, happens to be the, the 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 guy that you probably know, he was uh, the creator of the Statue Forum Awards, and now they're Independent Awards, and um, you probably have seen his channel, Be Muda Channel. So they're good friends. Um, but definitely, I really appreciate him. He told me, "Why don't you talk about this on the podcast?" He's also a listener of this podcast, also uh, watches the show. Um, in this case, the, the the YouTube channel. And uh, definitely he told me, he gave me that idea. I said, why don't talk about those uh, overrated stories, the stories that you consider overrated. And um, it really said, yeah, you know what? That's fun. I want to talk about it. So I decided to dedicate this day today to really talk about what I consider. I'm going to talk about 10 stories, 10 comic book stories that I consider overrated. Uh, although everybody praises, I've never been crazy about it. And I'm going to tell you why I'm not crazy about it. And of course, it's a matter of personal opinion. Everyone is different. We all have different opinions. Uh, some people might consider art or might consider like um, a treasure. Other people might consider, you know, garbage. I'm not saying that these stories are garbage. I'm just saying that they're, I'm not, they're not, I'm not a fan of the overall experience of their stories. And I don't think that they're as great as some people paint them to be. So we're going to explore that. And there are 10 stories that I'm going to talk today. Uh, five of them uh, are DC and five of them are Marvel. Uh, 
there's not really many of others around. There's other stories that I consider overrated than other for other publishers, but I think these are the most overrated of all. Of course, are the biggest publishers, Marvel and DC. So we're gonna start from the oldest to the you know from the newest to the oldest. That way we can have a timeline. So the most recent story that I one of the most recent stories, and of course these are not all the stories that I consider overrated. Uh, and uh, but I'm gonna uh, I think those are the top of my list. Uh, so we're gonna talk about those ten. Now the biggest to me, uh, one of the most overrated stories, I would say number ten in this case, starting with Wolverine, Old Man, uh, Old Man Logan, well, which published back in 2000 between 2008 2009. Uh, it was a uh, Wolverine Volume Three, uh, which issue three, uh, it was issue sixty six to seventy two, and then Giant Science Old Man Logan. Um, you know that was written by Mark Millar. And it's Stephen McNiven. Now, I can tell you one thing about what I, you know, the story. I love Stephen McNiven's art. Uh, definitely, I can tell you McNiven did a fantastic job uh, with the art. The art is good in this book. The story, uh, the premise of the story are okay. I, I, I do see where uh, Mark is coming from. And it's, a, it's an interesting story just from the start, just to get to it. But once I got into the story, I, I never really cared much about it. I felt that it was a bit out of character. And, of course, it's an Ellswin story in, the, in, a, in a future that is completely pretty much off track and in a parallel universe, I suppose, or Earth or whatever. But I didn't care much about it. A lot of the characters are kind of out of character. It's a bit too mature for what it is. It's bloody. Um, and I didn't feel like it was like in tight, like I was like engaged with the whole story. And of course, um, it's a, it runs a few issues. Uh, of course, Old Man Logan, the Wolverine still continues on. It has been part of other parts of the Marvel uh, universe. But I, I don't know. This story in particularly and the, the way the Wolverine acts from the beginning of the story uh, and the way he ends, I didn't care much about it. I could tell you one thing. I love Logan, the film. I think they, they took inspiration from this, but I, I prefer that film. Uh, I like the story in the film um, more than I did like ever the book. So when people tell you well, Wolverine, Old Man Logan is one of the best Wolverine stories of all time, eh, I wouldn't say. I don't think so, uh, but it's a matter of opinion. It's my opinion. Now, the next one here. It's a Marvel Civil War, uh, which published between 2006-2007. Now, that's a seven, uh, you know, uh, issue limited series, um, it, it, and it also there's a crossover. Uh, a lot of people love Marvel Civil War, you know, and of course, it's part of what has helped, you know, to kind of build the MCU in one way with, you know, Captain America, Civil War took inspiration from that. I was never really crazy about the story itself. And, of course, it is also written by Mark Miller. It seems like he there's something that I have. Again, I don't have nothing against Mark Miller. And it's Stephen McNiven also the art. So the art is good. The story is not that great. I just think I think it's overrated. Um, you know, every character. That's something I can say about Mark is the way he writes things down. You know, it's kind of engaging at first or the, the premises are good. It's just the way he writes the characters. To me, they're like, you know, out of character. You know, the, you know, Captain America acts like, a, you know, like completely out of character. You know, he goes the other route. You know, he is a, he's a soldier, but now he goes the more rebel route, um, you know. You know, I don't know. Iron Man, he act like a douche. You know, I'm going to use this. I'm sorry if somebody get offended by the word. But, um, you know, he just, I don't know. It's just completely out of character. The, it's just a scramble through all these heroes. The story in itself. The premises are okay, but then he just deviates into all sorts of things and ultimately ends pretty much in, in a way that it was like, uh, okay, you know, Captain America crying because he realizes he they made a mistake. 
I don't know. It's just it, to me, it was convoluted. It was com- convoluted. It, the whole story was the whole crossover thing. You know, there's so many stories here. Spider Man, so many stuff. You have to read so much stuff. It just it loses you. And I consider you. I consider it to be very. Uh, I read it. You know, I went through all the whole thing. It didn't caught my attention. I heard a lot of people say, "Oh, one of the greatest Marvel stories of all time." I'm sorry, but I have you know I I'm going to say no in on my end. It's not. So this is one that I consider uh you know overrated. Now uh, the next one on the list I would say is Grant Morrison's Batman Run, and I'm going to use this is the only one that I could say the whole run. Um, Grant Morrison. I can tell you one thing. I'm not. I'm not gonna say that Grant Morrison is um, that I'm against Grant Morrison. I like some of the stuff he does. Uh, I understand where he comes from. A lot of things. I love the initial stuff with DC. Like for example, when you talk Animal Man or the Doom Patrol, and uh, some of the stuff he did with Batman, and some of the initial stuff, some of the initial stuff he did with the Justice League, some of the ideas. But um, he, in my opinion, Grant Morrison's always been overrated. You know, like I think he's not the greatest writer in the world. He has, uh, you know, the, he inputs so much stuff into his stories that um, uh, characters are out of character. And you know, he starts pretty strong and then kind of deviates because you know he's the type of writer that loves the sound of his, his own voice. You know, when he writes down. Um, you know, of course, you know, you look at the run, he had a seven year sting with Batman, you know, start, you know, with Batman and Son, then you have Batman and Robin, Bat- Batman Incorporated, etc. You know, there's so many stories that he wrote down. And it, with the art, you know, the artist, you know, the first, you know, there's a lot of artists that he wore, Andy Cooper, Tony Daniel, Frank Ritelli, David Finch, and so on and so on. Great artists, you know, but the stories, I never really got engaged through all of them. You know, some people love his stuff with Batman, but a lot of the stuff that he did, in my opinion, was pretty much uh, you know out of character from batman and other characters and of course he injects so much stuff and there's a lot of wall fact value and what he does you know the shock value that he injects into the stories and um some people love it some people hate it and i'm one of the ones that i kind of hate it you know and um it, it's okay you know i'm not saying it's the greatest thing but to me his work with batman has always been and it still is overrated now the next one and I'm going to use this one. I'm going to continue with Grant Morrison. It's All-Star Superman was published in between 2005 2008, which was a long time for this series. It's a 12-issue comic book series. Now, um, a lot of people are going to hate me for that because I know a lot of fans, uh, there are a lot of fans out there of All-Star Superman. So people consider it the greatest Superman story of all times, which I totally disagree. I don't think is the greatest Superman story of all times. So now, in this podcast, I'm not going to talk about who are considered the best stories of Superman. I'm talking about the ones I consider overrated. Now, I like Retail's art. And I can tell you one thing. It's different, very European style, uh, very different from what we custom here in the U.S. Uh, it's well-synchronized, very artistic, very art deco, very, very, you know, it's nice. But um, the story itself, it's okay. I'm not going to tell you that it's bad. It's, it's a different elsewhere story. Um, it is. Um, it has some good value in it. Uh, it kind of explores some of the thing, ideas of Superman and his world. But ultimately, I felt that it felt short to fully understand who Superman is. And it's more like exposition. You know, it's exposition of what, you know, Graham Morrison thinks of what Superman is and his ideas of superhero stories. And uh, I, I, it, to me, it was kind of boring in that, that sense. Um, it's, it was kind of um, 
unbalanced. You know, it's, it's this idea that also he continues the same idea that DC has done for many years, that also gives, uh, you know, Superman the, a godly figure. You know, he's pretty much a god, you know, and DC kind of paints that into all these characters that, they, you know, are portraying the DC universe. And I feel that this, that, you know, so to me it's out of touch and out of contact with reality of what I feel a character should be. So, uh, in my opinion, it is it's a good story, and I'm going to say that it's bad. It is a good story, but it's overrated. I don't consider it the best Superman story of all time. You know, but that's just my opinion. Now we move on to the next thing, uh, and then we're going to Marvel House of Am was published in 2005, an eight-issue limited series and a crossover. Of course, you know, you know the crossover. This was prior to Civil War. Now the art is great. You know, talking about uh, it was written by Brian Michael Bendis, which a lot of people love. I love some of the stuff he does, and some of the stuff not so much. Uh, and Oliver Capel, R. Capel, you know, it's Oliver is a phenomenal artist. I love his art. You know, particularly with Thor when he was did the Thor run. Love his art, and I love Brian Michael Bendis. A lot of stuff he has done, but I don't consider House of Am uh, his best work. Yes, it's interesting. Uh, the premises are, are great, but the way the story kind of devolves, uh, you know, degenerates into what it is, you know, and ultimately the dissemination that happens when all, pretty much all the mutants get killed, something that up to this day Marvel is trying to kind of clean the act because what happened is that kind of set the stage for pretty much less mutants and now what's going to happen in the in the future, you know, you have to, you know, the, the Marvel has been trying to fix that and you can you can see the, the traits and how it affected, you know, all the stories that they went forward between the X-Men and the Avengers, Civil War, and so on and so on and so on. Avengers versus, you know, X-Men, all of that stuff. So, you know, some people love House of Am. Some people are going to tell you that they enjoy the, the art. The, the art is great. The premise of the story, what it really signifies for the X-Men. So people say that it revitalized, you know, revitalized the X-Men. But to me, it was an overrated story. It was not the story that I care too much about. Uh, I see characters also, again, uh, and I'm going to see this probably through all these reviews when, act, you know, you know, when act in this case the the heroes or the villains they act they act out of character, and I feel that the many characters here when they all decide to gather trying to kill one the Maximoff to me that was out of character, particularly from Professor X and some other characters that they decided the best action or the best course of action was to kill her, and of course all of this is out of character. So I definitely didn't care much about House of M. Now the next one, are we going back to DC? Now the next one to me in this list is DC's Identity Crisis, which was published as seven issue limited series uh, which was published in 2004 I can tell you it was written by Brad Meltzer, and the art was by Rex Morales, and Michael Baer did the inking. And what I really care about that, that, that run of that is, you know, serious, um, it was Michael Turner's covers. Uh, that's it. You know, the covers were great. You know, Michael Turner, uh, the late Michael Turner was a phenomenal artist, and of course his, his covers, uh, you know, sold, you know, and, and definitely that's the reason why I got into that, into that uh, limited series. But the story was very poor lacking uh it didn't understand the characters uh for those that might not know what happened there uh of course the uh, the the wife of the elongated man um in this case she was raped by dr light a villain in the dc universe so the heroes when they discovered that they pretty much they wipe his memories and uh, also they cover up into what happened and they got rid of him whatever they, they they let him you know be a 
dubious character, a stupid character, and all that stuff. So the whole story kind of revolves around the pretty much the in this case the heroes covering on a pretty much on a crime, and um and then of course all the things are coming to light that they have used the power through Satana to really kind of wipe the memories of a lot of people, and of course it's kind of like a um a judgment of heroes and their principles. So people love it because of that. The way you are ju- you know heroes and their methodology to do what they do but um the story to me first of all it's uh in it, it, that book can like you know gain a lot of um won some uh awards and it's been recommended to be a good read for teenagers to me it's like i don't know i don't think the team is that great for teenagers but um you know i don't know to me and i still see people that they still praise it as a good story of course, it was prior to Countdown to Infinite uh, Crisis, and it was part of the Infinite Crisis theme. I, I'm not a fan of the Identity Crisis, you know, just because of the story, the way they reacted, the way the heroes are coming in on a crime. I don't know. It's just out of character. You know, it just it, the story was convoluted in that sense, and it make no sense. And, you know, it's pretty much putting, putting fingers in, in, into the heroes for things that they have done. To me, it, it didn't get nowhere, and it just... It just presented a, the heroes in a light that was not as good, in my opinion. So I didn't care much about it. I still don't care much about it. Um, I, I remember the covers. That's all. All I can really care about. Now, next one, and we're going back to Marvel. I'm going to talk about the Infinity Gauntlet, uh, you know, that was published in 1991. And a lot of people are going to hate me because everybody loves that Thanos. And, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet and all that, of course, the six-issue limited series uh, written by Jim Starlin, of course, the art of George Perez and Ron Lim. I can tell you one thing. I'm not when I put it through this list. I can tell you one thing. These are overrated stories. No, not all are. You know, I'm not hating on the stories. Um, there are things that I consider great of the stories. I, there's a lot of things I enjoy about the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, but uh, there are a lot of things that I, I there are times that I consider overrated. I don't think it's the best Marvel story of all times. Like some people have said, I, I there are other stories that are better than Infinite Gauntlet. And of course, everything that came after the Infinity War, the Inf- Infinity Crusade, and all that. Um, you know, it, it, I love Ron Lim's art, George Perez. I actually think Ron Lim did a better job than George Perez. Uh, with the art, a great story in the sense of what it did. I think what I really enjoyed the Infinity Gauntlet the most, it was not the Infinity Gauntlet itself, but the way to Infinity Gauntlet. Particularly when you look at the Silver Surfer stories, when you read the Silver Surfer, how is it that, uh, you know, in this case, um, uh, you know, Thanos is preparing for to get how he gained all the different stones, all the different gems, uh, how he got to that place, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. And of course, that's the aftermath, that's the conclusion of that story. So, yeah, I love the stories that were included on uh, initially, in this case, on the Silver Surfer storylines, you know, also by Jim Starling and Ron Lim. But um, the, the, the Infinity Gauntlet is an okay story. You know, it brings all the different, you know, villains and heroes and a lot of important people in the, pretty much in the Marvel Universe. But I think it was overbloated. Now, there are a couple of things in that story. I love the ending of the story. I do love some central message on the story when actually... Uh, in this case, uh, Adam Warlock confronts uh, uh, Thanos about the reason why he always loses. All of that stuff I enjoy about the story. But for the most part, everything else, the way everything is, at, you know, the battle and all that, I took, it was a bit convoluted in my opinion. It's okay. It's a great story. It's a good story. I'm going to say it's a good story, but it's not the greatest story in the Marvel Universe, in my opinion. Yes, it, it was the premises for the movies for the MCU, which I enjoy very, very much. But sometimes that's how, the way it works. Uh, you know, I like 
enjoy a lot of movies more than I enjoy the, the in this case the source material. And there are times where I enjoy the source material more than I enjoy the movies. You know, it, it works different ways depending on the way things are worked uh, in these films. Now we go back again. Now we go into the next one in this list. And now this is uh, Batman: The Killing Joke, public uh, published in 1988. Now, um, this, of course, uh, this uh, is one shot graphic novel, uh, an else one story that became pretty much the premises of the Joker. Some people consider the, the pretty much the quintessential uh, origin story of the Joker, uh, written by Alan Moore. Uh, Brian Boland did the art. John Higgins is the original colors on the original run. Now the, it's been recolored by Brian Boland. Uh, the original colors are great. Uh, now, I love the art. Brian Boland and John Higgins did a phenomenal, fanta- did a fantastic job with the art. The art is fantastic on that book. The writing, I understand the premise is interesting. It's an Ellsworth story. I just don't like somehow some of the themes that happened there. You know, what technically Alan Moore did with uh, Barbara Gordon and the way pretty much the, the, the action that happened there, the rape that happened there, all that stuff. I wasn't really crazy about it. I felt Alan Moore went too far on that end. And, uh, of course, the way the mistreatment of, uh, in this case, uh, Commissioner Gordon... Uh, that was a bit off, you know, to me. And of course, the idea that in the end, Batman kills the Joker, or it's left for the, in this case, the reader to decide the fate of the Joker. And of course, uh, Batman laughing with him. So, uh, you know, it is one of those stories. It's an interesting story, but I don't consider it the quintessential Joker story. I don't think there's a quintessential origin story of the Joker. I always love the idea of the Joker being the Joker because he is the Joker. That there's no um, beginning or end. We don't know where he comes from. Why he, re- he represents something. That's the only thing I would say about the Dark Knight. Uh, and I'm going to go to the, the movie, The Dark Knight Returns. So I think it was The Return of the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight Returns on the films and the Batman film when we have this Joker um, um, with Ledger, you know, the late um, uh, Heath Ledger, then I love the, the way they introduce the Joker. There's no rhyme or reason of who he is or where he comes from. He just introduced and in, um, pretty much uh, to create chaos. And I, I think the Joker, just to not know exactly where he comes from, why he became what he became, is some of the, the, the one of the biggest things that, that have always happened, I think, in the Marvel, in the Marvel, I'm sorry, the DC universe and the Batman universe that I really enjoy the most about this, that there's no real background. And, um, and, and that makes it more enigmatic as a character. And uh, definitely his battle between Batman and him is very enigmatic. So I feel that that was the only thing I didn't really care much about the killing joke. I think it's a good story. I don't consider it the best story. A lot of people praise it so much, even say this is the best Batman story, which is not because it's not the Batman story. It's a Joker story. Uh, and I don't consider it even to be the best Joker story. It's important to understand the Joker in one way, at least the modern Joker, because of course after that they use that as the basis for what will, be, you know, the future of the Joker. And everything has been taken out of from that specific novel, that specific, uh, you know, series. Well, no, series, you know, like graphic novel. And uh, it was expanded, of course, now into what is pretty much the Joker as we know it in the DC universe. So definitely, yeah, you have to read it, but I don't consider it the best story of all times. Now, after that, I would say, and now we 
pretty much gone into uh, Marvel again. And uh, Craven Last Hunt was published in 1987. It was a crossover between Web of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man. A crossover between those uh, three books, uh, flagships of uh, Spider-Man, uh, written by J.M. Dematis. Uh, and, uh, you know, the art was by Mike Seck and Bob McCloud did the inking. I could tell you one thing. I do understand during, during the 80s, there was a bit darkening on the Spider-Man stories, you know, and through all comics, they try to be very dark. Of course, you're looking at times where there's a lot of stories, you know, this happens after the Dark Knight Returns uh, in the in 1986. There was a darkening in the, a lot of comic book stories. Uh, and of course, Marvel tried to do the same thing. I don't think they went as good as uh, DC did it, but they try. And one of them was Craven last hunt, of course. And the end, Craven, you know, shuts himself, commits suicide. But after pretty much, he kind of defeats Spider-Man. And uh, but the story, it's okay. I would say the art, it's okay. I like Mike Sack. I wouldn't say the art was the greatest thing in this book. The story and the premises, I kind of like. It's just the way it was handled and the darkness of it. And in the end, the craziness of Craven. I don't know. I just it is an interesting story. Um, I don't think Kraven was the uh, many people consider the greatest one, one great villain. I don't think so because he was never really the greatest villain. Uh, he was uh, I don't know, no one of my favorite villains in, in the Spider-Man mythos. Um, yeah, he was part of the original Sinister Six, and um, I don't think he was ev you know ever one of the greatest members there. Or I consider that like, he was part of it because everyone else was kind of crazy. They all have like different things. They all kind of like come from different, different things. You know, they all kind of like a doofus villain. They all coming together, gather under the control of Doctor Octavius. But Craven is kind of like a solo part within the team. I never really felt that he was. So I really like it pretty much when he was killed after that. Of course, you see in the 90s when the Sinisters came back through with Eric Larson. And of course, now we have a new, uh, he was replaced by the by the Goblin, uh, the Hog Goblin. And actually, I like the Hog Goblin even more than I did the Craven on the team. But, you know, it's, it's what it is. You know, I, I, it's not a bad story. It is a good story that you need to read. But I don't consider the best because I heard people say, oh, it's the best Spider-Man story, one of the best Spider-Man stories of all time. I disagree. It's not. It's not even a Spider-Man story. It's a Craven story. And I don't think Craven was ever a cool villain in the first place. So, yeah, it's a matter of opinion, of course. You, you might like it. I recommend to read it. I read it several times. But I still don't consider it one of the best. Uh, some people claim to be uh, Spider-Man stories or Spider-Man uh, villain story. It, it, it is not. Now, the last one on my list... And probably this is the one that I'm going to get the most hate. The Dark Knight Returns, published in 1986, the four-issue comic book series. Uh, what can I say? Um, uh, you know, I love Frank Miller. I love Klaus Johnson. Uh, I love them from when they were working together with, um, you know, the Daredevil. I consider it a masterpiece. Uh, the best stories of, you know, in this case of Daredevil. Uh, under Frank Miller, I think he understands the character. You know, Frank Miller, I love Frank Miller. I'm not going to tell you that I don't. You know, there's a lot of things I love about Frank Miller. Uh, I love the Daredevil, his early stuff. Uh, I love Sin City. I consider Sin City, uh, it's a dark story, but I love the way he sequential his art, the way that his art is done. It's a very mature story. There are mature stories, not apt for everyone. But I love the way he did it. It's a really, a really when his art was really shining. Now, with The Dark Knight Returns, I read it. I consider it an interesting story, another Elseworlds story. 
But I don't consider it the best. Like some people say, this is the quintessential Batman story. And of course, it's one of the stories that affected Batman. Uh, yeah, I like Frank Miller's other stuff he has done. I love Year One. I consider it better than Dark Knight Returns. I know Dark Knight Returns, you have to read it because it's kind of like a must read because you have to understand the character. But the way he's, he's been, been pretty much chosen to be one of the best stories of all time, I totally disagree. I don't consider it the best story. Um, you know, it's not. And I think, you know, Frank Miller has done better stories for Batman. The same way I would consider that, uh, in this case, Alan Moore has done better stories also, you know, for in the DC, like the killing joke is not as good. In my opinion, it, um, you know, like the Watchmen is better, uh, much better. I consider the best stories ever. Uh, and of course, Viva Vendetta, I consider also as well, but uh, the killing joke is not. And the same happens with the Dark Knight Returns. I don't consider the best story. Art, it's okay. It's when, you know, the time, you know, the, you know that time in the 80s where uh, he was experimenting with his art. I prefer, you know, Ronin. You know, I prefer Ronin on that end. Uh, but I'm not, you know, really a big fan of, you know, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, I read it. It's okay. I actually enjoyed the, the, the in this case, the, the movie, the animated movie, uh, a lot more than I do enjoy the book, you know, and the art, it's okay. And of course, he has pretty much uh, Mark, you know, other characters. I feel that some things were out of character. Not necessarily Batman, but I would say Superman was out of character. And uh, I feel that that was the case. And, um, I, you know, I enjoy, I like it. I, I think you need to read it if you're a fan of Batman. You need to own it if you're a fan of Batman. But I don't think, uh, that considering the best Batman story, it's appropriate. I don't think it is. It's just my opinion. Of course, this list that I have here today is just my personal opinion. You know, how I feel about the stories that I read throughout the years. You know, some people might disagree with me. It's fine. Everyone is entitled to an opinion. Uh, but in my opinion there, I read them and they didn't cost me to lose any sleep, to think twice like other stories that I've read that I've really marveled to, that had made me really think and, and really consider the power of this medium. Uh, like, you know, Watchmen, which I consider one of the greatest stories. Uh, Panther's Rage, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, this case, a great story, too, in Marvel. Uh, there's other stories that I consider uh, much better. And perhaps I need to uh, to have uh, one day in a podcast, and probably I'm going to do that sometime in the future, when I'm going to talk about the at least a list, again, of the 10 most underrated stories of all time. And I want to share some stories that I consider underrated, that I consider are better than the stories that I'm, I'm here I'm mentioning today on this list. Um, but, you know, it is my opinion. Um, you know, you can defer and, you know, we can agree to disagree. So once again, thanks for watching. Thanks for, you know, following me on YouTube. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Now, I would like to hear your opinion. Uh, leave your comments below. Uh, if you have the ability to leave comments, uh, share that. Uh, and let me know how you feel about it. Let me know how you feel about my list. Uh, or if I'm missing something or I'm missing, an, uh, uh, you know, in this case, a piece of work that probably you consider also overrated, just share it with me. I would like to have a conversation. And uh, if you disagree with my points, then let me know how you feel. Uh, you know, I would like to have a, special, you know, a friendly debate about it and maybe we can have a conversation. Why do you consider that my list is wrong? I would like to hear it. So once again, thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, God bless you. Take care. Don't forget to follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you know, all the links are down below. Also consider supporting me financially. Your financial support keeps me in the air. If you do it through Patreon on a monthly basis, it really helps me out every month. If you do it as a one-time gift through PayPal and GoFundMe, you also are helping me to produce better content every day. So take care, my friends. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you again. Bye-bye.